two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chai We are back as we are every Monday between 2 to 3 where we discuss everything happening in the educational world. Educational means uh, anything that will improve the world, will improve us, will improve everybody around us. How can we be better people? How can people around us uh, be influenced by us to be better people? How can we be the right influence on the world? Today, we have a full packed show. Uh, a few people are going to be coming here on the show. Later on, we're going to have um, Rabbi Metzner, that we all know, one of the uh, senior rabbis of the community, with a very special message to share with us. Um, a few more discussions about Hebrew programs happening in the community, very special things. But before everything, there is something that caught me, caught my eye Friday night this week, which I have to share with you. Friday night is obviously the time that we all try to rush home, hurry home. Uh, after shul, we usually go right away, as soon as we can, since it's just fair. I mean, Friday was a hectic day. Everybody was working. Everybody was organizing. My wife's waiting. Kids are waiting. You come straight home from shul, and I I do that. I, me and my kids, we go right away, so my wife won't be waiting a long time. Anyways, this week, I'm walking out of shul, and suddenly I stop, and my kids are looking at me. What happened? And I'm just staring at something. They didn't, couldn't realize, what am I staring at? What stopped me? What got me off track? And I'm going to share it with you right now. I'm walking out of the Bismarck, out of the shul, and I see a poster. The poster tells us about the Siyum of Dirshu. That's happening on Tuesday, which we will get to speak about Dirshu and Alana on this show to know more what it is, what it's about, uh, even though everybody knows what Dirshu is, since um, I think it's a very sen- fair sentence to say that South Africa before Dirshu is not the same South Africa as after Dirshu. However... I see this amazing poster with a picture of uh, thousands of people in a tremendous circle. It's The picture came from a place called Yad Eliyahu. It's Stadion Yad Eliyahu, which is today called Hechal Nokia for the Israeli ones in Tel Aviv. And what stopped me is like this. I know this picture very well. And I got to share with you what made me freeze on the spot when I saw it. Dirshu came to South Africa two years ago, a bit more. I assume we're going to speak later on with one of the heads of Dirshu here in the show with Rabbi Greenhouse, and he'll give us more information. From what I recall, it was about two and a half years ago, kind of. And it was a very nice event here. I wasn't at that event since I was in Israel at the time. When I was in Israel at the time, I was very involved in the Dirshu event happening in Israel. And the story was like this. There was this Hechal Nokia in Tel Aviv, for those of us who are not familiar, which the picture came from, holds approximately 12,000 seats in the hall, which would have been enough and should have been the Dirshu venue for the Sium of Mishabur that year. And very close to the event, uh, or not even that close to the event, Dirshu figured out that it is way too small for Dirshu participants in Israel. So there came a big need to start open up another ve- uh, venue in Binyanei Umay in Yerushalayim. Since I was in Israel, I was very involved on stage in Binyanei Umay. And the way it worked is there was the first event with major big rabbis there. I mean, together with me, while I was there on the stage, we had the Rebbe, we had the, the Rashiva of Hebron, we had massive rabbis there. 
And at the, the end, the event was supposed to end, and the next event starts in Yad Eliyahu. Mind you that we're talking about uh, five, 6,000 people in this event and another 12,000 in the other event. And I decided that I'm going to stay in Jerusalem. Why? Because I've been involved in the Yeshua events many years, and I always was on the stage side, never saw the participant side, never saw the side from... Uh, just being a guest at a Dirshu venue. And I was standing there and I said, you know what? There's going to be a podcast straight from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I'll stay on stage. I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to go down. Let me see what it seems from the outside. I got tickets for my staff that wanted to go to the next one. And I stayed. And I'm sitting there on stage watching the podcast from Jerusalem, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And as I'm sitting there, something in my head starts why aren't you there? Why aren't you there? How could you not be a part? How can you not be part of history? What's happening? And I decided, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. Um, I just want to see from the side what it feels like to see what Dear Shur is really all about. And I'm sitting there, and suddenly, I don't even know where it came from. I jumped off stage. I ran to my car, and I went to Tel Aviv. 45 minutes later, I was at the hall. I, I don't know how I did it, why I did it, why I changed my mind, but I did. I drove there as soon as I, as fast as I can, and I got there. I got there, and I come to go in. The event was uh, way in the middle. The whole time I was listening on the radio, obviously everything's on live, and I hear what's happening, and I decided, okay, but I'm going to go in. However, I'm not going in anywhere near the stage, anywhere near the middle. I'm just going to have, I have a simple ticket. I'm just going to sit with everybody on the side, see, still be a part, feel what it's like, but not go up to uh, be the uh, elevated in the middle. Try to feel, try to get a, a feeling from the outside. And I did. I get there. It was, uh, was very uh, uh, challenging. I get there. The event was closed. I come to the guard. The guard said, sorry, the event closed an hour ago. So listen, I came from Jerusalem. This is, was my position. Please. And he said, you know what? Fine. He let me in. I don't know how, he, why he did. I, I sit down in the chair and I'm watching and I, and I feel the, the elevation, the power. Everything's happening live in in this in stadium and then uh, suddenly at the end of the events if anybody have, of you has seen uh, Dear Shoe massive events there was an unbelievable dance of the rabbis the workers in the middle and the whole hall 12,000 people everybody are getting up together and I said no I'm staying with everybody I'm staying with everybody and I found myself just running I had a, a tag Obviously, that get me through since I was there. Uh, I was uh, part and involved in Yeshua in Israel. And I just ran. I couldn't hold myself. And just being there in the center, it's a feeling of being in the center of the Jewish world. And I think that represents Yeshua for me. The center of the Jewish world. Just dancing, connecting, singing, being a part of thousands and thousands and thousands of learners all over the world. It's an amazing feeling that you can never feel and you can never um, understand if you don't experience. That is what made me frozen in front of the poster. That's what brought me back. And that's something I couldn't even really explain to anybody else. However, because of that, I decided I must, must have on this show somebody that will be a part from that real life experience. We do have to take a short break, and we'll be right back with Dear Shoe here live in studio. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 
101.9 We are back. We're discussing everything that's happening in education, everything improving the world, and what improves the world more that we could feel everywhere in every Jewish country and every Jewish community around the world is Dear Shoe. And we are discussing Dear Shoe uh, related to the big event they're going to be having tomorrow. And with studio, here with me in studio, I have Rabbi Mayor Greenhouse. Rabbi Greenhouse is from the leaders of Dear Shoe South Africa, very involved in what happens. And I mean, there's so much more to say, but I think I'm going to stop here and I'm going to let the rabbi go. Since I do have to make mention one thing, to be fair and to be honest, this is an interview about Dear Shoe. And I, in, up to three years ago, before I came to South Africa, I was very involved in Dear Shoe, which means I have a very warm uh, 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 thought and relationship and connection to Dear Shoe. However, I have nothing to do with the issue of South Africa, which is, uh, maybe I should. But anyways, here we are going to discuss. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for being with us, Rabbi Greenhouse. Good afternoon. Do you, what do you think about the sentence I said before? South Africa before the issue and South Africa after the issue is not the same South Africa. I couldn't agree more. Definitely there's been a revolution around the world and a revolution right, a revolution right here on our doorstep here in Johannesburg. Um, massive changes taking place that we'll discuss just now in a little more detail. In our hearts, not only in our doorstep, but I think everywhere. And by the way, any of the listeners, if you have anything to say to Dear Shoe, ask, request, suggest anything you want to pass on to Dear Shoe, please send it in. 0621482374 is the WhatsApp line. 0621482374. And South Africans only. 34519. That's SMS line. 34519. Um, or you can email us again around the world on air at highfm.com or you could always call it in into studio 0746547335 0746547335 So tell us about Dirshu in South Africa how long are you, is Dirshu here already? Okay, so let's go a little bit a little bit of background first what is Dirshu itself? So the word Dirshu is from the word Darash to seek, to search out and it's really a search for knowledge a search for depth in, in Torah learning and Dirshu itself is an international Torah organization dedicated to Torah growth, excellence, and innovation more than anything. They've really stood out in coming up with the most original novel ideas in such a way that people would be able to learn Torah in, in if one could call it, bite-sized pieces and really retain it and be able to keep it in, in their long-term memory, remember it for many years to come. Which, which is, you know, when you say it, it sounds so... so uh, um, uh, normal and understandable and and it's something you could relate to very clearly but i have to tell you that you know dear shoes when it came to south africa when it's already a world powerful thing i actually saw dear when it started from nothing and these are ideas that nobody believed they could ever happen and i always use is and this is an education show that and i think it's important that we talk about it it's something that people said what an idea. You're really going to get the whole world to learn Mishnah Bura together. You're really going to get everybody to learn the Fayomi together. Uh, when the Fayomi Dershu started in Israel, it was unheard of uh, in, in the Koilalim. And here it happened. So, um, Dershu reaches South Africa to you. Right. Pretty much. So, okay. so Dershu itself was founded in 1997 by Rabdovid Hofstetter, originally from Toronto, Canada. And uh, in, in one of his books, he explains how his parents who went through the Holocaust and they saw the destruction and saw how whole communities had been wiped away and much Torah learning had been destroyed. And they gave over to the son very much this message that it's our job, it's our mission to rebuild Torah as strong as we can. And in fact, this is his his guiding mantra, his guiding light that takes him on this phenomenal journey that he's been through 
and this colossal organization that he set up. And one of the very unique things about it is that our, our Torah leaders are, if one could say there's a colorful array of Torah leaders and there are many issues that they do not see eye to eye on. And yet when it comes to Dirshu, there's a, a book that they've put out called The Odyssey of a Revolution. And it's actually amazing how you see how they have, they have connections and have encouragement and they have the support of rabbis across the board, every type, whether it's the Ashkenazim, whether it's the Hasidim, whether it's the Sfaradim, from every country, every background. They're all in support of Dushu and the Why? phenomenal work that they Why? do. Why? What makes Dushu so special and so unique? I think the focus of Dushu is pure, undiluted, um, unalder, uh, adulterated Torah which is something that speaks to everybody and they really just want to grow Torah the world over and that's something that everyone is in support of it comes from a very strong pure place I guess very pure, <laughs> very pure. I have to tell you if, if we're seeing this I heard myself from Rav Wozner Rav Zatzal he told me in one of the Dirshu events he had told me that um, he doesn't think that since the Chassam Seifer there was anybody that was Magdil Torah that made the Torah so um um, accessible and 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 powerful in the world since the Chazan Soifer till Reb David Hopstetter. I heard it myself from Rav Wozner Zatzal. Uh, so yeah, so maybe that would explain maybe the the connection everybody getting around it. Right. If one has the the privilege to meet him, he's a he's a person. They say he spends more time in the air than on the ground because he's flying around the world supporting and encouraging. The, all the different events that he does and it's just phenomenal what Dushu has set up just to give um, yeah, so what do we have on air, on ground not on air what do we have to uh, Dushu programs running okay so here in Johannesburg the Dushu started in March 2015 it started with a bang there was a special event that took place at the Scarlet Ribbon venue in Greenstone and that's when it was the beginning of a new cycle of Dushu learning and it, the, the founder, this Rabdovid Hofstadt himself, actually came here to Johannesburg. He privileged us with a short visit. I think he was here for all of 24 hours. And he was actually hugely inspired to see how many people came. It was a, it was a packed out event. And uh, ever since then, he's actually got a particularly soft spot for our Dushu set up here in Johannesburg. He, he really loves us. Agreed, because I think that it, specifically in the Johannesburg community, for some reason, not only that Dushu started with such a powerful, people are still connected. Something about the South African Jews that, uh, or South African people, that when they start something, they're, they continue with it. It's not dropped after some time. I think Dushu is just growing and getting stronger. Yes, very much. I think that's something unique about the South African community, that once they're in, they're in. They're committed and they stick to it. We have uh, monthly written tests. Actually, you brought them along over here to show an example of it. It's, uh, I, I, I wouldn't know the answer to them, so I don't need the, <laughs> the tests. You could keep them. <laughs> so there's usually 25, 26 uh, multiple choice questions, and uh, and usually it's in a different venue. Sometimes at Arsimechel and Hazel, sometimes at other schools around the area. And um, and people come pouring in to have this opportunity to write the tests, and they, they, they love the commitment of it and the fact that they can see the results, it gets marked and the results are sent out a few days later and they can actually see that they're achieving in their Torah learning. And what, what do they gain anything except for just achieving in Torah? So the truth is that in many other countries in the world they actually pay for these tests but the South African community we, we realize after a very short while that that's not what, it, what would attract them, it's just the mere fact that there's the sense of achievement and that's what, uh, what, that's what draws them. The school children have their own program, which is incentivized with money and prizes, etc. But the adults but for not. the adults, they And how many that. people would do the tests, an average test? So the truth is we started at about 180 who were actually doing the test. Now, of course, there are many more who are learning. There are some who do the test and don't hand it in. There are some who 
um, are, are not doing the tests at all, but they're just learning it because they love the program and because the knowledge that it imparts. But we started out at about 180, and then it went steadily down about 10 a month, and it leveled out between 60 and 80. That's until now that we're about to begin, or we've just began, the third part of the Mission Brewer Hill Shabbos, and we're hoping to at least double our numbers again. So on average, you have about 100 people that are dedicated to voluntarily write tests. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'd write a test if you put a gun to my head today. <laughs> so uh, a volunteer to write a test, I think that's a massive, massive achievement. Uh, and it means a lot about the program and what's happening. So, you, uh, so you, the event that's coming up on Tuesday, what is it for? Right. So that's so tomorrow night is really a three-part event. There's one of them is that this the Jewish organization is very much linked to the Dafayomi system, and the Dafayomi is now this uh, tomorrow is going to finish. Uh, one Gomorrah and, and start another one. They're finishing Bavabasra in the beginning of Sanhedrin. And there are many individuals who are following the Dafayomi system here in town and, of course, worldwide. The second thing is the chief rabbi, him, Rabbi Warren Goldstein, is finishing his own personal a legend cycle his own. of Simashas. Yeah. Which, if you think about it, is a phenomenal achievement because I don't think anybody realizes the packed schedule that the chief rabbi runs and the many different commitments that he has. And if he manages to keep up the daily duff of Gomorrah, day in, day out, with no breaks. I think even on Tisha B'Av, there's also one learns it at night, even though one can't learn during the day. It's an amazing achievement, you know, that if he, and if he's managed to do it, I think we all can. We all can, to commit and to uh, agree to 100%. I mean, he's, our, he's a role model, so I'm sure he commits to the highest level. What's the third part of the evening? And the third part is the one of the main parts of Dirshu is the learning of, is the studying of the Mishnah Brewer, as we mentioned, and we've just finished Chelik Base, the second part, and we're now beginning Chelik Gimel, the third part, which focuses on Helcha Shabbos. And as the Chofetz Chaim, right, the Saint Chofetz Chaim writes in his introduction, he says that a lot of Hilcha Shabbos, a lot of the laws of Shabbos are not logical, and therefore if a person doesn't learn them, he will never know them, and is unlikely to go through a Shabbos without slipping up somewhere. And therefore it's really a worthwhile investment to study these halachas, these laws thoroughly. So you could actually know. It's also very practical, I think, to live the life knowing the halachas of Shabbos properly. Yes, certainly. I want. I want. We we do have to move on to the next interviews, but there's something I have to ask you, as one as one of the leaders uh, together with Rabbi Tabaka and the leaders uh, the leadership of South Africa in Dirshu. What is the moment that you could stop for a second, look around, and smile and say, "Well, something really happened here." Give us a moment. Well, I think uh, tomorrow night is certainly going to be one of them when one sees the enthusiasm and excitement of the people. But I myself get inspired monthly when I see the people pouring into the test and writing it with such dedication. It's always in the evening. It usually starts at 8 o'clock. There's some people who have had a hard day's work, and yet they come in with an excitement and a zest and a vigor, and they sit down there and they slog right through the tests. And kids, kids, teenagers, adults, everybody's together. I mean, I see All the booklets that you guys put out, and I see a, a 12-year-old doing a proper test and, and managing. It's, it's unbelievable. It's very inspiring. I, I get up, uplifted every month when I see it. Any plans for the future? So, as I say, we hope tomorrow to to start this third section with a bang. Um, I would like to mention that there is the daily WhatsApps available. One of the numbers I'm going to give right now on air that if people want to sign up is 0827444123. And then if people want to be in contact with Dirshu, it's info at dirshu.co.za. And then there is a website with, updated with daily shurim on www.dirshu.co.za. Okay, and I have a surprise for you. I have to tell you, um, Dirshu, you have the organization that you run in, on a very um, um, professional level. Uh, just to show you how well uh, uh, the community is connected with Dirshu, I actually 
invited, surprising to surprise you, a young rabbi from the community, Rabbi Yossi Orkin. Rabbi Orkin is a, a top professional in putting Hebrew programs together, which we will have to talk on this on a different show. However, one of the things that he does is he has his own private, nothing to do with Dirshu, database of people that get a daily WhatsApp message from him uh, and get a, a, two summarizes of, about the halach of Dirshu. However, I could explain it very clearly, but what would be better than actually hearing it direct from the rabbi? Good afternoon, Rabbi Orkin. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It's a wonderful opportunity. Thank you, Rabbi G. Um, so you do the same thing according that Dirshu does according to their uh, program, but you have no connection to Dirshu. So, exactly, it's based on the Deshu um, daily um, duff of learning, and I guess we all are connected. We we very much are connected, and the I guess difference in the WhatsApp that I send out is as follows. So tell us exactly what you do first, and then we'll see what is the WhatsApp that you send out. Okay. So the WhatsApp is as follows. So there's two parts. The one is a short summary, let's say about a two to three minute summary of the laws, the halachas relating to um, what's been studied on the day. But what I noticed is that a lot of people, that even though they may have a background in Hebrew, um, they may be doing the DSU program, a lot of people are finding it difficult to do it inside the actual text itself, the Hebrew text. And I think there's something very magical about connecting to the source. And in this case, it would be actually working through the the Hebrew text. But the question is, everyone's on a different level. Some people know 50% of the words, some know 80, some know 90, and some know 30%. So the question is, I battled with how to try and almost have one shi'ur that goes out that would be able to target and assist people on various levels. So how do you do that? <laughs> so it's it's quite simple. What I do is it. I got to hear that one. Okay, here it goes. So what I do is as follows. I literally translate the Hebrew text word for word into Hebrew. So for example, Yidgaber Kari That's the Hebrew text. So it says, Get up like a lion to do the will of your father in heaven. So I translated very accurately every single word, but it flows. So yeah. almost you're getting two birds with one stone. On the one hand So how do you choose? I have to say because Yidgaber I don't think it's get up. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Yidgab- so how do you tr- right. Okay, so you're hundred percent right. So actually Yidgaber is Gibor is Strength. Be be, str- be, be strong. strong. Exactly. So I would translate it more accurately exactly like that. Yidgaber is be strong and along those lines. So that means wherever a person's at, they're able to Listen to every word. Nothing is skipped out. Every word they're able to listen to. It also flows. So at the same time, they're not only getting the Hebrew and an accurate translation of each and every word, but they're also getting the halachas inside the text. And and thank God we've been doing it since almost the beginning, which is coming on probably about two and, two and a uh, half years. That's yeah, about year. three years. And it gives me a lot of nachas. To, to speak to the guys after going through it month in, month out, and very much 
um, starting to become independent in the text. So eventually the idea is that after a while they don't no longer need to actually hear the audios but they've actually got enough of vocabulary and enough of a run and enough of a feel for the language to actually do it by themselves. So that's but here's the what I want to. So, so I, I have to ask uh, uh, Rabbi Green as a question, uh, wondering, uh, and what I'm wondering is like this: What does it mean to you, as a leader of Dear Shul here in South Africa, to, to meet a, a rabbi who's written programs that are known internationally? Because from all I know, the Hebrew um, was presented also in different countries, even different continents. Probably right, and he comes and he volunteers from his own time, voluntarily to follow in your steps of Dirshu. What does it mean to Dirshu such a thing? I think it's so inspiring and encouraging. It just shows how how uh, Dirshu is such a powerful organization. How it sweeps people up, and at the same time, we see the thirst that's out there. And then we have special individuals like Rabbi Okin who come to the show and offer their skills so that to make this type of learning available to the masses. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, I wish I could give more time to this interview. I really wish. But unfortunately, we do have to move on. Rabbi Orkin, if anybody wants to get in contact with you regarding the WhatsApp messages, how does he do that? Okay, thank you for the opportunity. Um, my cell phone number is 061-474-8182. I'll repeat that, 061-474-8182. If you just send me an SMS or WhatsApp, and I'd be my honor and privilege to put you on to the, uh, the daily, let's call it Hebrew language program. So we do have to go for a short break, but I do want you to ask our working to stay a bit longer because I also want to hear about uh, a little bit about another special Hebrew program that's running and happening here in the community. Uh, we will take a short break and we'll be right back. Just before and Rabbi Greenhouse, thank you so much. I know what it means to run an event. I know what it means to come to studio a day, 24 hours, a bit more before the event. That means a lot and that shows that the issue is well connected with the community. And thank you so much for everything you have done and doing and continuing to do. Thank you so much, Rabbi G, for this golden opportunity to present our side of the story. Thank you so much. 101.9, we will be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we are back. Just ended off a very inspiring uh, conversation with one of the leaders of Dirshu South Africa regarding the programs and the upcoming events. And within studio here with me, I have Rabbi Yossi Orkin. Rabbi Orkin is a real professional in putting together Hebrew programs. We just spoke about a WhatsApp message that goes out every day uh, translating the Dirshu. And I just asked him to stay for a few more minutes in the studio just to share with us a Hebrew program for adults happening. Uh, usually this show, many education programs and ideas are all around kids. So what do you have for adults? So thanks again for the opportunity to share and, this. And what will make me mature enough to join? <laughs> okay, so uh, what, is the problem, what is the program coming up? Okay, so I've been involved with... Um, with the world of of Hebrew language, specifically focused on on the Kodesh text, namely Chumash, Sidur, Mishnayos, Halacha. Even though I always say, someone says, "Is this you know?" I want to be able to speak Hebrew. Um, I always say this is a, a course that very much will assist you. It's very much structured, language based, and uh, so very much so. But that is not the ultimate focus. The main focus, as I said, is developing skills. 
for learning and understanding the text in the original Hebrew. Um, so, as Rabbi G said, I've been involved with schools and children's education for a period of time. Um, but actually, it all started off with adult education many, many years ago. And it's been on the burner for a while. But we're back with passion and vengeance. Uh, um, we're launching this Sunday. Coming up Sunday right now. Coming up Sunday, the 23rd of this month, um, from 8 o'clock to 9 in the morning a.m. at Or Samach. It's a six-lesson Hebrew language program. And it's tremendously practical and comprehensive. It covers what I call the 70 signatures. For who? Obviously, somebody who speaks fluent Hebrew, it wouldn't be for him. Or, or not. Who would, who would the course be for? That's a great question. Um, on the one hand, anyone that has a desire and a passion and a, and a wanting and can read, um, this course is for them. And they will go from zero to hero in, in a very short time. But on the other hand, there's many people that through their school experience, um, or various other exposures to the language, it's a little bit rusty. Um, and obviously this would be a great refresher course for them. And even those that um, have been involved for a long time and are quite proficient, I have no doubt that there are going to be some, uh, some insights that will also be of value. I do run an advanced course, which is uh, dots and dashes and reasons why, and uh, that's not the focus of this course. Um, so, in summary, yes, it is for from the very, very beginner to those that are, are quite proficient. I have no doubt that there's what to be gained. We, the so even if you're fluent in Hebrew, you do have what to gain? Um, I would say so. Um, because I think there's a difference between what we call spoken Hebrew um, and being able to understand the text. It's a different skill. So to be able to learn and to read a Hebrew text and translate it from there, from the Hebrew to the English, that is the focus. The text that we use is the Shema. So I always like to find it fascinating to see the first, as we start the lesson, what people, their understanding is on the Shema as they read the words and their translation. And then finally at the end of six lessons where they've come in the depth and understanding and um, the precision so that's for me a, a moment of reflection and, and a big yeshikrach to everyone. So, yeah. so if anybody wants to be in touch with you, so I'm just going to say before you give us your contact information, anybody wants to join the pran because we have to get to the end, you could always send into the studio, 0621482374. That's the WhatsApp line here for any question, anything about the show. You could send in uh, SMS 34519, that's SMS line, or 0746547335, that's the way to contact the call. You could send an email to studio on air at com, and a message coming through, what's the Rav's email address? I'm not sure which of the discussion is, so I'm going to give my email address. My my email address is rabbigsa at gmail.com, rabbigsa at gmail.com. And if you meant for somebody else, I will connect to you and uh, and make the connection between you and whoever was on the show. Uh, so any requiries specifically about the show, it's rabbigsa 
R-A-B-B-I-G-S-A at gmail.com. And Rabbi Orkin, anybody wants to join any of, join the program in Orsamech, what is it, what must he do? So, once again, the same SMS number. This is my SMS number. It is 061-474-8182. And then I'll send you all the details following. Thank you so much for being with us. It's very important plans. Lots of things happening. And I wish you lots of Hatzlacha. Oh, man. Thank you so much for Thank the opportunity you. to share this. Pleasure. So that was Rabbi Orkin uh, regarding the new Hebrew uh, program coming up. We're going to have to take a break, but right after that's coming up is Rabbi Metzner. Rabbi Metzner is one of the most inspiring uh, rabbis, leaders here in the Jewish community in South Africa. Uh, we, I've been having discussing with discusses with him regarding teenagers, young people, and I think he has a very uh, important message to pass. And once I heard the message, I used to... Uh, nag him, I think, on a weekly basis that instead of me passing on the message, I want him here in studio to come tell the listeners, hear it firsthand. So we're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back with this very important um, discussion coming up. Stay tuned. 101.9 Chai FM. Chai Chinuch Rabbi G. We will be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 We are back to the last part of the hour and a very, very important discussion coming up right now. We just went through holidays back into schools. The majority of us are back into school. Some of us are starting tomorrow, the next day, pretty much ending off the holidays. And a big question that's coming up and, and again and again, it always raises during the time that we have to spend with our teenage kids, with our younger kids, with our older kids, is... Do we give them enough? Do they have enough uh, tools to really fire themselves up and move on the uh, uh, and get their proper power of journey for life? Do they have enough motivation? I have so many times parents sending me messages. What do I do? My kids holidays. My kids don't want to get off the chair. They don't want to stop watching the computer. They don't want to move. They want. They just want to tell me how bored they are all day, as if it's my job to keep them entertained. Where is their own responsibility? So that's a question I want to pass on to Rabbi Metzner. Good afternoon, Rabbi Metzner. Thank you so much for being with us. Pleasure. <coughs> so I've, I just raised the question. And by the way, any of the listeners who have what to say about this question, please send it in 0621482374 or send us an SMS 34519. You could always email it at com or call in 0746547335. So Rabbi Metzner, are we giving the kids enough to have enough um depth to push themselves forward? Uh, good afternoon uh, Rabbi Gertner, uh, good afternoon Hi FM. Um <clears throat> the question is not do they have enough. Uh the question should rather be uh is what a what they're getting in Jewish studies and Kodesh, Limure Kodesh, whether uh, this really penetrates deep enough to bear fruit. But this I uh, simply mean that um, um, there is learning and learning. The, the, the danger of, I shouldn't say danger, no. Um, let me first... Um, uh, let me first uh, uh, praise the, 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 the methods of teaching which are improving from year to year. Um, Unbelievably. 
and yeah. and uh, they the, 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 these uh, uh, methods teach our children the basics of Judaism, basic hashkafa, beautiful midrashim, beautiful ideas. And not so long ago, I was listening to an argument that two girls had, and they happened to be my granddaughters. And the one, in order to to finish off the discussion, she quoted something she had learned at school of Midrash. I was so impressed. Uh, I realized that this Midrash must have been powerful enough for her to be able to utilize it um, uh, just uh, at another occasion, yes, without, uh, yeah, it was like a ready-made ammunition, and I was quite amazed. And then I asked myself the question, um, does it have the same effect upon everyone? Um, in other words, is Limude uh, Kodesh on the same level, because that seems to be the case in the minds of the learners, of the pupils, it seems to be on the same level as, let's say, language, math, any other thing. It's a subject. It's simply a, a beautiful subject, a very Jewish subject, a necessary subject. But my question remains, does that penetrate enough, deeply enough, to bear fruit. In other words, does it fertilize the mind? Does it challenge the mind enough? So when does it change from knowledge to actually uh, a, a motor, another motivation, push us forward to know, uh, to, to take it into our lives and step forward? Absolutely. Um, so then I'll rephrase my first question that I started, and that is, are the kids getting enough in the school? Are, what can we give the kids more? What can we do to uh, pass on to the next generation these thoughts that you're talking about that can connect and make our minds work stronger and better? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's not a matter of improving the minds. Uh, I think we should add something that would be a kind of a very challenging type of Judaism, a kind of ammunition. Some, um, uh, they should have uh, texts uh, that challenge the mind, self-questioning um, uh, uh, books, texts, like such as, example. for example, for example, the, the Kuzari. The Kuzari um, is the most magnificent discussion between the king of the Khazars and Rabbi Yehuda Levi or the, the Haver. The Kuzari is a very high-level book. Do you, does the rabbi feel that the young teenagers of our generation are capable? I think they are very capable, and uh, this is the, the, the point, actually. Uh, uh, does, the, does the present curriculum uh, challenge their minds? Uh, or do they just accept it, which is a wonderful thing, to, and, to accumulate a lot of knowledge? And do all teachers think like the rabbi, that the t teenagers are capable? Because I think that's a powerful tool. No, absolutely, the kids. absolutely. I think we underestimate the kids as far as their intelligence in, uh, in uh, abstract matters are concerned. I think they love abstract subjects. Um, and they're willing to work hard. Uh, pardon? And they are willing to work hard. They are willing to work hard. And um, 
they need something uh, uh, um, uh, discussion uh, subject. In other words, a subject that will um, challenge them out of school on the oddest occasions. They will be able to quote something from their learning, something that uh, they will utilize um, and that they will uh, translate into their own words, something that they can absorb and totally assimilate. So the Kuzari is one example that the rabbi The Kuzari is a wonderful example because the Kuzari um, is, came as a response to a king, to a pagan king who wanted to adopt a religion. Um, he interviewed the three major religions of the world, as is known, um, and he eventually called in a rabbi And he had a long, long discussion with him, probably a matter of years. And um, he asks all the pertinent questions that uh, king uh, of the Khazars. And what is so fascinating, he's an, uh, he, he asks from the outside, from the exterior. And Rabbi Yehuda Levi, who understands what Judaism looks like from the outside, he responds responds and answers in kind. So his answers uh, formulate a whole system of Torah, Torah learning and Torah application. Is, is that, by the way, is that Sefer available in English? That Sefer is uh, available is in English? As a matter of fact, know. I learned English uh, through the Kuzari in English. Uh, so you, oh, so it is yeah, available in so English. So it's available, and uh, I'm very so grateful to the Kuzari, Rabbi Gerdner, the, for uh, teaching me English at the same time. Oh, you learned English token. through yeah, the Kuzari yes. before you knew English. Yeah. Wow. Rabbi, you have to agree with me on one thing. We had one disagreement, and I think I came on right. I asked the rabbi if the rabbi would come for uh, give us 20 minutes on the radio, and the rabbi said five to ten minutes is enough. And the time is over. We haven't finished the discussion. I think I win on that. We're going to have to have the rabbi again because... I don't know if the point went through until the end, but it's a very strong matter. And, I'll, and and thank you so much for being with us on the show and giving us the opportunity to challenge our kids and the next generation with the Kuzari, with thoughtful, deep uh, books that will give us a new perspective about Judaism, about who we are and how we can improve ourselves. So thank you so much, Rabbi, for being with us. Thank you. And have a great day. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. We, this show has to come to an end, even though uh, there's so much more to say. We will be back next week, Monday, 2 to 3. Thank you, thank you so much for being with us.